Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Good evening. This is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a emphasis on knowledge, education, development, and training. I want to thank our podcast producers, Mr. David Wolf and his team. Without their expertise, these podcasts wouldn't be possible. I also want to thank many of our sponsors, which is Patterson Dental, Henry Schein Dental, and the different companies in the dental market over the last several years that has helped sponsor and produce these podcasts for our listeners' pleasure. Tonight, I wanted to talk about what we've heard a lot about over the last maybe 15 years, but significantly in the last five to 10 years, and that's managed service organizations or MSOs, dental service organizations or DSOs, and the new term that's been coined by Chip Flishner, who is CEO of Large Practice Sales. And his term is IDSO, and the I stands for invisible. I know many in the dental marketplace have very strong feelings about MSOs, DSOs, and they either hate them or love them. But I think if we take an honest look, most dentists that are in the time of retirement, generally over the age 55, and either for health reasons, uh, time reasons, personal reasons, whatever those reasons may be, they're looking for an exit strategy. And like most businessmen and women, that exit strategy, you want it to be quick, easy, effective, and give you the best investment in money for your time and expertise over the last decades of your career. And I think even the people who feel strongly that these MSOs and DSOs may not be the best for our profession, I think realistically, many in that category will look at these organizations for an exit strategy. Number one, they're very well capitalized. In many cases, a deal can be put together in less than 90 days. In most cases, you're not worried about bank financing because in many cases, these are financed by venture capital groups and the finances are already in line. The second thing is anyone who's dealt with a dentist in any negotiations generally will find very quickly that most of the time they're very unknowledgeable about their business. They don't know where their patients are coming from. They don't know how many patients they're losing per month. They don't know what percentage of their uh, revenue is coming from hygiene and what would be a balanced percentage for a hygiene department. They don't understand the amount of write-offs they have with different PPO insurance plans and how much they're losing by taking those plans. They don't know the percentage of patients that are on the various dental plans. They don't know the number of procedures that are the most productive financially for their office. Basically, for businessmen and women, these are metrics that almost all businesses have right at their disposal, and they understand what those metrics mean for their business short-term and long-term. Most dentists, when you go to negotiate with them, because they don't have 
this kind of background and information, the negotiations can be tedious, they can be difficult, and in many cases, in my opinion, it leads to a long drawn out failure. Whereas the DSOs or MSOs have these negotiations down to a system. Many of you will have heard the term EBITDA, which stands for Earnings Before Interest Taxes, Amortization and Depreciation. Basically, when you cut through all the BS, take your net collected money and figure that you're going to get between 30 and 100% of that number. Many times today, you'll read and hear that individuals are getting four times, five times, seven times, nine times, 10 times EBITDA. But keep in mind, once those deals are structured, the money that the owner is receiving, or I should refer to him or her as the seller, they have to become debt-free. So if your typical dental office may have between 500 and a million dollars in debt between leased equipments, uh, real estate, et cetera, et cetera, those dollars need to be paid off so that the MSO or DSO is acquiring your company debt-free. So although it may sound on the surface that you're getting a big check, many times after you pay off the debt and then you pay the various, let's say, fees associated with brokers, you may find that you're left with less money than you would expect, or you may find that you're much better off than you expected. The real key is, in my personal opinion, being a general dentist for over 40 years and dealing with several MSOs over the last 10 years and an owner of 15 dental practices, a couple of hundred employees, 29 dental associates, I've learned a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this particular type of organization. And like anything, whether it be a solo practice, a group practice, an MSO, or a DSO, Multiple times, you'll see that there are advantages and there are disadvantages. In my personal opinion, depending upon your own personality, will determine whether this will be a successful venture or not. To cut to the chase, their biggest advantage, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, is their ability to put a deal together very quickly, very efficiently, and in my opinion, fairly. You need the correct accounting and legal team that has experience in these to make sure that your interests are protected. Some things for you to think about is what is your employment contract going to be? Are you getting benefits and what are those benefits? Are you going to be prepaid on a collection basis? And today in the industry, most dentists will be somewhere between 28 and 38% of net collected money. The next thing that you may want to entertain or evaluate is what percentage of your lab bills will you be responsible for? Will it be between 28 and 30% and the MSO or DSO will pay the remainder? Or will you be responsible for your entire laboratory bill. Another area that can cause confusion is when they say you eat what you kill or net collected money, what happens to the hygiene examinations that your dentist will do on a daily basis? Do those dollars go to you or do they go to the MSO? 
Another area that may need clarification is when the dental hygienist takes radiographs, whether it be a pano, a ceph, uh, individual uh, periapicals or bite wings, and you're doing the diagnosis, but you actually didn't take the radiograph, who gets credit for those fees? If the clinical assistant is taking those radiographs, but ultimately it's always the dentist doing the diagnosis, who gets those fees? And many times those are areas that perhaps should be discussed and clarified prior to citing on the dotted line. It may seem like pennies in the wind, but over time, these can be areas of contention that may create a wedge between you and your new partnership. Many of the deals are structured in a variety of ways, but consistently there is generally a cash payout. And then there many times may be a slight holdout or holdback for several months to a year to make sure that dentist who just recouped a large investment isn't going to stiff that MSO or DSO. It's for their protection to make sure after you've got a pocket full of money, you don't go on a long-term vacation and your motivation is still there to maintain your current EBITDA and hopefully for all parties, you improve on that EBITDA. The next phase for these organizations are sometimes there's a little carrot at the end. If you're willing to stay on for 24 months, 36, 48, or 60 months, there may be an incentive for you to do that because the cost and expense of replacing you as the primary producer and head of the office can be expensive and stressful. So many times you can negotiate or they will provide an incentive to keep you there because that's generally in most people's advantage, uh, not only for the MSO and DSO, but for you and your own business. Lastly, there is sometimes a carrot associated with you have some kind of uh, potential share or equity in the overall MSO or DSO, or just your unique segment of the business, whether that be one office or 15 offices. And in most cases, the data suggests that these MSOs and DSOs in general will either refinance, recap, resell anywhere between three and seven years. And when that occurs, there can be additional dollars available to you depending on how your deal was struck. I can tell being a general dentist for over 40 years and being involved with various groups and partnerships that if it's too good for one side, it'll ultimately end in a failure. My key is to make sure you're organized and understand the nuances of these deals. The men and women who run these MSOs in particular, their business is understanding business. Their business is to make sure the deal is favorable for them so that it is financially the most successful for them and their investors. In my personal opinion, there's nothing wrong from, with that, but it's many times like us talking about dental treatment to our patients on a day-to-day -day basis. No matter how well read they are, no matter how well versed they are, generally they will never have the knowledge, experience, and abilities to make great decisions that we would make ourselves because of our experience, knowledge, and abilities. And the same goes for these MSOs. 
They are businessmen and women that understand the nuances of business. And it's critical that you find yourself with excellent support. I know I've dealt with large practice sales, LPS, and I have to say that they've been professional. Their expertise has been outstanding. And there are other organizations out there, but it's critical that someone walk you through these processes to make sure you fully understand what you're getting into and you're happy with the end results. If you're interested in additional information about invisible dental service organizations, in the short and sub substance of that is the invisible stands for even though you're run or organized by an MSO, you still maintain your autonomy. You keep your business name. And in many cases, they're going to allow you to continue to run your office the way you've run it in the past. And when they see areas of weaknesses, they're going to make suggestions to help you and improve those areas and turn them into strengths. The difference between that invisible DSO is simply a heartland when they come in and purchase or acquire you, you know you're going to change your name and you're going to institute the policies and procedures that a Heartland, a Pacific, particularly want or an Aspen. They have a particular process and procedure that they believe is best, and that's what you inherit. The invisible DSO still has that background and support, but as far as the public is concerned, they're more or less invisible because you're keeping your trade name. Generally, you're keeping your own processes and procedures, and they're just helping you manage and guide them to a more efficient and effective manner. If you'd like additional information on this subject, and I think whether we agree or disagree, we know they're here to stay, and they're only going to continue to grow. And as I like to say in previous podcasts, in my PowerPoints, in my different seminars throughout the country, you either have to compete with them, you have to work with them, or you have to be able to know how to just simply address and merge with them. And based on your personality, your drive, your determination, and what you're trying to accomplish, there is a route for all three of them to be successful if you understand the correct policies and procedures to follow. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You've been listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on knowledge, education, training, and development. I want to thank my listeners today, along with my sponsors, Vocal Dental Supply Company, Patterson and Henry Shine. And I look forward to speaking to you in the near future. Have a great night and thanks for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.